0: boy and girl things and talks about them like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball Z if you want. So check it out. Enjoy. This is a kid disclaimer, this is made for kids. Always ask a parent, guardian, or someone who is in charge of you before watching, buying, listening to, or doing anything. In my podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I also hope you all have a wonderful day and enjoy some of these videos and podcasts and different things that I do. And remember, don't always do stuff you see at home. You should be cautious and make sure it's the right thing for you. And make sure your parents are okay with it or your guardians. I also hope you all have a wonderful, great day, afternoon, and night. And I hope every kid out there is enjoying their free time. And have a great, wonderful day. And enjoy my stuff. Who done not immediately true comparison to two... 2001 series Fox Murder in a Small Town X and ABC's The Mole, which was hosted by Anderson Cooper. The Mole featured one contestant who was secretly working with producers to sabotage challenges, while the other contestants were trying to figure out the identity of that player. Since, who done it? Killer doesn't even know the crimes are committed. The show is very different, and that's by design. Executive producer Anthony told me that he never saw either show, but ABC's uh, executives keep us from doing things that felt like *The Mole*. And *Who Done It* or *Who Done it is is a complex plot-driven variety of detective stories in which the puzzle regarding who committed the crime is the main focus. The reader or viewer is provided with clues from which the identity of the prioritor may be decided before the story provides the realization in itself as its climax. The investigation is usually conducted by an uh, professional detective, people like that. This is a whodunit, not the show, but something else that I found. Who-Done It follows the primage of the classic detective story in the sense that it presents crime as a puzzle to be solved through a chain of questions that detectives pose. And a Whodunit, however, the audience is given the opportunity to encourage in the same process of deduction as the protagonist through the investigation of the crime. This engraves the readers to say that the strive to compete with or outgust the expert investigator. A defining feature of the Who it narrative is the so-called double narrative. Here one narrative is hidden and generally revealed, while the other is the open narrative which often transpires in the present time of the story. This feature has been associated with the Russian literature term. I have no idea how to say that. I'm not even gonna try to spell it. The former involved the narrative presents to the reader by the author or the actual story as it happens in chronological order, while the latter focuses on the undirely substance of material of the narrative. Okay, I hope y'all enjoyed and check this out. It's on um, YouTube. You can find um, a few clips. I was hoping for another season, but they didn't have one. It made me kind of sad. I was like, no, that's not fair. I want it more. But it does remind me of like a Saul Clue kind of like cheesy but it was just so funny and it wasn't even scary cheesy like usually in true like I've been reading way too many true crime and creepy things lately that this just doesn't bug me as much as it should but I'm like okay this is like just a crime scene show it's very interesting very cheesy very funny very all over the place the makeup is pretty good for what it is. I hope y'all enjoyed. Test it out this weekend. Okay, boys and girls, we're gonna do Ruby Gloom. Ruby Gloom is a Canadian animated television series based on the mighty fine appearance line of the same name created by illustrated Martin Hughes. The series was produced by Nevalia and began airing on October 13, 2006 in Canadian on UTV. It has the voice of Sarah. In 2001, Ruby Gloomy became, began as a drawing on a piece of paper. Illustrate by Martin and was then spawned into a fraction by the friction by the US company mighty fine three years later. Ruby Gloom began as a stationary line and was featured on pencil cases, backpacks, clothing, keychains, plush toys, which were sold through Doe World a s- fine mighty fine. In the early 2000s Martin sold the TV rights to Ruby Gloom to Canadian animation studio. Ruby Gloom and her unusual charming group of friends all live together in a Victorian mansion at the edge of Gloomsville. Ruby begins and ends each book with a letter that includes some of her charming sayings and advice like hold on to your friends but give them room to breathe. During one of the of her adventures, Iris finds a beautiful plant and gives it to Ruby Gloom to care for. The next morning, the friends discover that the kitchen has been ransacked and there's not a crumb left to eat. Boy assumed the role of Sherlock Holmes Holmes, and investigated the crime. He even in something all his friends after Skullboy dis to diverse and a trap for the culprit. We learn that each night the plant has been creeping out of its pot and evir- devouring everything inside it. Typical Gloomsville fashion, the kids effectively name the plant Flora and plant her outside their kitchen window so they can toss her snacks whenever she's hungry. Ruby Gloom is a Canadian flash animation television series based on Mighty Fine. It features Okay. Ah, here we go. Main characters. Ruby is a 10-year-old girl who can find Happiness in anything. Look on the bright side is her motto. There isn't a single thing in the world that gets her down or a single negative thing that can't turn into a positive. Her positive attitude allows her to act as the voice of reason in the mansion. When her friends lose focus on the real issue, Ruby has a crush on one of her friends, Skullboy, and nearly reveals her feelings to him in an episode, Sunny Days, when the two of them were trapped in a cave. Her positive outlook also makes Ruby very loyal, friend, loyal to her friends. She likes to write in her diary and knit. Doom Kitty. As Ruby's pet cat, Doom Kitty has a complete complicated completely free run of the mansion and is therefore usually the only one with total knowledge of what's going on in any given area of the house this keeps her one step ahead of ruby and the others most of the time because whenever something strange happens in the mansion doom will usually have all the facts already while everyone else is trying to figure out things unfortunately since doom's since doom can't talk Her only hope of communicating with the others is through Mai, with violin noises. Ruby usually has an easy time understanding her, but it doesn't always work. This shows that Doom hates it when she is trying to communicate, and her friends that think that she is playing straight, she sometimes tries to warn Scary Bat about Boo Boo's pranks. Iris, like Ruby, Iris goes through life without a care in the world, but it's a much different way. Where Ruby finds happiness in anything, Iris finds adventure from, I wanna say, to fighting wild animals, to even shooting herself out of a cannon, there isn't a single thing the cyclops girl won't try at least once as long as she thinks it's fun. Unfortunately, Iris Iris's adventurous nature also makes her quite impulsive and she has a bad habit of jumping into a situation without considering potential consequences. This usually results in trouble she doesn't expect. However, as soon as the trouble is gone, she's off again on another adventure. Misery. Misery is a nine year old girl, banshee girl, who doesn't mean to be a walking disaster area, her mishaps are usually a combination of clumsiness and extraordinary bad luck. Evidently, these traits run in her family, as Misery has had relatives who have been sh- been present at every single major disaster in record history. Fortunately, her friends all are all kind-hearted enough to take this in their strides. Mystery spends most of the time in a state of detached alpha, and with every present trace of tears running from her eyes, she does have tiny moments of happiness through the series. But all aside, there are few and far between. Her bad luck roars its ugly head and strikes her down with a vengeance, usually in the form of lightning bolts. Misery has good luck on Friday the 13th, This results in her dialogue being transferred to her friends. She also keeps dust bunnies as pets, despite being allergic to them and sneezing them away. However, they always return to her. She is considered a fan favorite due to her comic relief and cute appearance. Skullboy, um, man of many talents. Skullboy is the mansion's official jack of all trades. From filming directing to private investigating, Skullboy can pretty much do it all. Good job, Skullboy. His only problem is he can't seem to find one thing and stick to it for any serious length of time. But if Skullboy doesn't know where he's going. It's mostly because he doesn't know where he comes from. This is referred to in many episodes when each time he finds a new skill, he smurfs he must come from a long line of others with the same skill. Additionally, he knows little to nothing about his origins. There have been several moments that confirm that Ruby has a crush on him, such as in the episode Cordo Glooma, when Frank and Len get inside Ruby's head and experience her feelings for Skullboy firsthand. He does share the same feelings towards Ruby, but he is clueless about her feelings. Even though Skullboy doesn't know where he is from, he has a family. His friends are family. Frank and Len. Rockers, by nature, these conjoined brothers live in the mansion's garage. They have their own garage band known as R.I.P. Frank and Lynch's strength lies in performing music. Unfortunately, this seems to be all that is their strength, since they both tend to lose focus on anything that isn't their music. do a part two on this. I hope y'all enjoy and have a great weekend. I hope y'all like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and out.